I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. It can be more than challenging to live plant-based in a world that isn't. And in fact, it can be super frustrating in a, in a world that just doesn't seem to get it. I want to personally invite you to join us for our third virtual event of 2020. It's called Kitchen Rescue, and the timing couldn't be more perfect right ahead of the upcoming holiday season. We're going to entertain you with all kinds of cooking demos, with new recipes, with inspiring dishes. And of course, we're going to discuss how food plays such a major role, especially during the holidays, around all family interdynamics. You're going to be able to submit your real-life food and family hurdles for our family, and then we'll discuss them in an effort to find harmony and balance around the dinner table. Uh, If you're new to the lifestyle, if you're struggling to stay on track, if you're looking for a little bit of spice in your plant-strong life, or if you just want to be inspired by like-minded folks from around the globe, this event is for you. I want to personally invite you to pull up a, a virtual chair and join Jane, Ann, Brian, my father, Essie, and myself, not only in the kitchen, but also around the Lazy Susan table. And you most definitely don't want to miss a never-before-heard talk by my father. We have all kinds of surprises up our sleeve for you that will be sure to delight you. And every ticket includes video access after the event 
if for some reason you're going to miss out on some of the uh, some of the event. Just visit primer.plantstrong.com today or visit plantstrong.com and click on events. Thanks. I want to welcome you to a bonus edition of the Plant Strong podcast. You couldn't get enough and neither can I. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, I'm going to drop a few special episodes that highlight the unbelievable transformations of people with all types of backgrounds. It is my hope that these bonus clips inspire and motivate you because, as you're going to be hearing, cutting out all the meat and the dairy and the processed refined foods and then adopting a whole food plant strong diet, while it may not be easy at first, it is massively life-changing from the inside out. And believe me when I say that these people are no different than you. Today, we're going to kick off this special Transformation Tuesday series with Nick Berman. He's another New York City firefighter. And in case you haven't figured it out, (laughs) it's no secret that I love sharing success stories of firefighters because the firehouse culture is so notoriously steeped in unhealthy food choices. If you recognize Nick, it's because he was featured in the Game Changers documentary. And I've gotten to know him quite well over the last few years. So you're going to be hearing clips from a few different meetups that we've had. Let's kick it off with a special Q&A event that followed a private screening of the Game Changers last year that was hosted by none other than Mr. John Stewart. Uh, Nick is a firefighter right now. His mustache is plant-based. It's, <laughs> that's not, it's interesting. It's not hair. <laughs> it's, it's, sure, it's, it's actually green. I dyed it black for the occasion. Right. His, his mustache is entirely Swiss chard. Um, so Nick, like, listen, man, you, you, we've spent a lot of time in these firehouses. You, you, it's the kind of thing that's going to get your balls busted incredibly hard when you walk in with that you know how did you swim against that current and and you know how did you decide to stick with it to the point where you're you're literally running marathons now are we talking about the mustache or the plant-based living? Plant-based. <laughs> uh, you know for me it just came down to the science and uh i uh, i took a chance i did it for a week i had dramatic results everything i said in the movie was true and despite the fact that I was working out constantly, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was a healthy guy. My cholesterol was approaching 300, and I was too young for that. And the doctor wanted to, uh, me to take uh, statin drugs, and um, that was enough for me to stay committed. Once I saw the results, I didn't care what anybody else said, because I thought the proof, proof was in the pudding. So I stuck with it. And I got guys in the firehouse, they're following traditions that they don't even know why. They still think that this is good good eating, good living, and that's in, like, they're entitled and they owe this to themselves to do it. Right. And I've just seen a bigger picture. Um, yes. 
I'm a pediatric oncologist and hospice and palliative care specialist, and I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of families who have progressive physicians who recommend plant-based diets. What I get from feedback from their parents is that it's not affordable and that the foods go to waste and they can't feed all of their kids, even though it's prescribed for the critically or chronically ill patient, that it's intended for, well, really what we think is that all children should be moved towards this type of diet. So how do we, you know, we're looking at, at elite athletes um, with, with star power and money. How do I get this to every child that needs it? My, my understanding is, and, and I could be very wrong, but that meat is the most expensive uh, element in people's diet. The, in that, in that uh, like a rice and beans or a plant-based diet is actually cheaper, but I don't know that. Yeah, we love to say that this is, this is really peasant food. And, you know, uh, when it comes to beans, when it comes to whole grains, uh, if, if you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to buy an organic yellow bell pepper at Whole Foods for $4.99 a pound to eat this way. And um, literally, this can be the most economical, cheapest way to eat on the planet. If you can't do fresh, then do frozen. Frozen is incredibly nutritious and wonderful and never goes bad. You should see our freezer at home between the spinach, the kale, the black-eyed peas, the raspberries, the strawberries, the, the, the peaches, the cauliflower, the broccoli. Really, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. But why are they saying, if, if that's not the case, then where, I, I where, think where is it going? I, I think they do want to go to Whole Foods and get the higher-end things. I think it's a spoilage thing, um, that the, the food goes bad more quickly. And I also think it's a convenience thing. Like we were saying, availability in stores that, really and, and getting yeah. it to the people who live in this community and want to do what's being medically um, recommended for their children. So it, it I mean, it comes up, it's such a resonating theme with my families that I, I have to believe it to be uh, impactful. Yeah. I don't know if you figured this out yet, but I'm the most socioeconomically average person on this panel. <laughs> Nick cannot even afford sleeves. That's how, I raise that's how a bad off this man is. Uh, and I'm about almost three years deep. It's not a challenge. It's, it's, I'm understand, I, I'm aware of those, uh, of those apprehensions. It's a piece of cake. Uh, it is peasant food. Rice and beans is way cheaper than meat and chicken and fish. And uh, availability is the key if you could do your shopping in bulk. So it's always there. It's convenient for you at home. It won't be a problem. It's I do think that's, that's, she brought up an interesting point though, which is I think when you make change, people don't switch something out that's less convenient for them then. And I think we've gotten to the point where people don't really cook in the manner that they used to. And fast food is food now. And I think if, if inroads aren't made into that market, I do think it's always going to be lagging behind because people are busy and especially I can imagine in communities and hospitals the families are under tremendous stressors as far as economics time and and emotional stress and I think we have to figure out a way to insinuate it into the economy of ease as a 38 year old New York firefighter who thought he was living healthy Nick ate only organic grass-fed meats. He exercised like a beast. 
but his total cholesterol, as he shared on screen in the film, had his doctors freaking out. But in just seven days of following the Engine 2 seven-day rescue program, he dropped over 100 points on his total cholesterol, and he's been going plant strong ever since. Let's pick it up with Nick the morning after this private screening, where we talk a little about the firehouse culture, especially around group meals or what we in the fire service call the wagon. In his house, they would say, when you go off the wagon, you're off for life. And that seems really harsh. Yeah, I've always heard that. It's one of the most important things we do that was drilled into my head from day one, the meal. Aside from knowing your job. Knowing your job is number one. Uh, and then yeah. contributing to the meal is, is, is almost right up there. Because it's, it's what we all do together. Uh, it brings everyone together. We always sit down, we cook together, we shop together, we eat together. It's a big part of the deal. And uh, <clears throat> I was always told, if you're out, you're out. And it's not a temporary thing, it's permanent. So, so since you've been doing this, are you out, are you in, are you kind of riding the line? What? I've been in every time, meaning I'm still there. You know, I don't shy away from like cooking, prepping. I still do meals, unfortunately. I'm not doing the meals I do at home. I'm doing the meals that, that I learned to do in the firehouse. So, I'm, you know, so that's because there's 13 of us. So I can't, I gotta look out for everybody besides myself. And I, I can't really convince 13 guys or 12 other guys to like have a, a cauliflower centric meal. You know, <laughs> they're waiting. They're waiting for the you know the pot roast or something like that. Um, but I'm in on every meal. Meaning I pay, even though I don't eat sometimes. A lot of times, this this month alone, I, I basically uh, I stared at empty plate uh, for like. Or it's not empty plate. That's a figure right, of speech. Right. I didn't have anything to eat for about four times that I worked this month. It's no big deal, because I. Uh, I think I told you last time, every time I go to work, I feel like I'm going camping. Yeah. So even in my, I'm working tomorrow. So in my car right now, I got a cooler and I have three meals with me just in case. Wow. So what are those three meals? I got my overnight oats that I made last night. Um, and then I got a, uh, like a, like a chickpea pasta, hearts of palm, asparagus, and arugula scampi that I made earlier in the week. It's the last of it. And yeah. then yesterday I made a, a lentil soup. And it's got kale, so they got. I got my greens covered. You got your yeah. greens covered. Yeah. Now you got. So with that lentil soup, are you gonna have like some whole wheat bread with it, or something to give it a little bit more? You know, I, I couldn't fit that much in my uh, in, 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 in my in my cooler, but um, depends. It depends what the guys got. Hopefully, they could yeah. they could deliver something. But if it's it wouldn't be a, a bad deal because I overload it. There's potatoes in there. Yeah. Um, there's other like root vegetables I throw in there. Everything came from the farmer's market. Nothing came out of the can. Yeah. So, uh, so in, in a way, I'm almost, I'm almost happy to eat that, Yeah. you know, because I know, I know exactly where everything came from. I know how I'm going to feel when I, like, I know who made it. I know how I'm going to feel when I'm done. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. So the guys, uh, I, I can't remember, but are the guys still busting your balls at all about the way you're eating? Or are they just like, you know what, this is Nick's deal and we're like good with it? No, now they're busting my balls over the movie. They, <laughs> they moved on. But, uh. Yeah, a little bit here and there. It's uh, but it's it's funny because I don't really, they don't realize I, I'm not looking for a debate. It's not like I get it. It's like I get a cut out of everybody that I help transition. Right. I'm you know I'm in it because I believe in it, and yeah. I'm like, so I always look at it. I'm like, who am I? Who am I supposed to take advice from? You know, when we take fitness and, and health and diet advice from a guy with bitch tits, 
like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, I'm like, I look at it like we're we're all our own business card. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not buying what you're selling, you know. So, and at the same time, I'm not looking to persuade anybody. So, I've been I've been around long enough. I could do my job. And uh, yeah, so it's not an issue. They could they could say what they want. It doesn't. My skin's thick enough to take it. And my endothelium is, is, is slick enough that it's going gonna, it's gonna to slide right off. Endothelial cell. Yeah. You know what? That's hilarious because, and I'm not exaggerating, within the first three minutes of having John and Tracy Stewart on the podcast, we were talking endothelial cells and nitric oxide. No baby. one else is talking about it. That's all we got to talk about. <laughs> I mean, if you're not talking it, you know, endothelial cells, you're, you're, you're not up to the latest, like, you know, health. Well, that's what blew my mind in Arizona because I hadn't considered that. I remember, I remember at the Friends of Firefighters for the Rescue Diet Challenge when you talked about you stay away from oil. It takes 23, 24 olives to make a tea, tablespoon right. of olive oil, and and like how it's so rich in calories. And I'm like, well, at the time I just thought I'm active enough I could burn it off. Yeah. Because I've always been exercising. Always, I always thought I was a healthy guy, but my version of health was organic, grass-fed that yeah. sort of thing you know free range I thought that was it but I always felt like I could negate any negatives by working it working it off in the gym or on the road or whatever uh, I didn't know that you can't that you can't negate the um, the effects of the saturated fat on the endothelium and uh, and ultimately it's a it's effect on nitric oxide and uh, I learned that in Arizona yeah so I've been applying that since yeah I never did so he thought I've, I've been plant-based for almost three years but I, now I guess I'm whole food plant-based, no oil for like right. the last month or so. Right. And so after you did the seven-day rescue back in Friends of Firefighters, you know, January 2017, when you did those seven days, I think you were probably oil-free, maybe without even knowing it, and, and, and your blood work was reflective of that. Then, you know, you, you've continued to eat plant-based, was that hard, easy, and did you notice any difference? It was harder than I thought because I found myself having conversations in restaurants that aren't very easy. And uh, and you're talking to a, a server who doesn't really get it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, how do I get out of this? You know, it's like, it gets to the point where it, like, I'd just rather not even have that conversation. Because everything, you say, oh, I don't want meat, I don't want dairy, I don't want eggs, and I don't want oil. They're like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> you got to go to Sweet Greens then, and then, then it's easy. I was there. I was there last week. Yeah, easy. Or Dig In or some of those other ones there. Uh, you know, it's interesting in looking at your numbers here. So uh, before you came to Sedona... You know, you had your an annual physical. That worked, yeah. Yeah, and your... Here's a yellow phone coming in. Oh, boy. That's right. And, uh, yeah, an annual physical at work. And your total cholesterol was back up to 203. Your LDL was almost at 100. It was 99. And, um, and then I look at, like, right after Sedona, your total was 162. So you dropped almost 40 points. Yeah. And the only difference in time there, like, is, gosh, I mean, that's like... Yeah, was that's two weeks. Two weeks, right? And then your your HDL, I'm sorry, your uh, your LDL was 74, so you dropped almost 26 points yeah. on the LDL in two weeks. And those those to me are the two of the most important numbers. Um, wow. Well, you know, it's funny is like aside from the no oil, because that wasn't made clear to me before. Yeah. I don't, you know. Anyway, so uh, so I 
by eliminating oil, I indirectly or directly eliminate all this other processed stuff that yeah. I was eating that I didn't know had oil in it. Like all these like veggie chips and stuff that I thought I was doing the right thing. Well, it's not, it's not, it's not the conventional potato chip or like a tortilla chip. So that's out. You know, I haven't touched them since and like yeah. veggie straw, whatever. So st and, and other things like that that uh, oil is in that I was eating and not realizing and all that extra saturated fat. Yeah, one of the things that you know you're you become a runner, you're doing marathons, um, you've been kicking some major butt in your training runs. Uh, like, give me, give me some examples, some runs you've done. That was amazing. That was amazing. All right, so about a week before Sedona, I did a 24-mile run in four hours and five minutes. That, that was, was my, my marathon, marathon time, time in 2018. So, so I was content with that. I'm like, all right, I'm already ahead of schedule because I can definitely step it up and, and, and squeeze two more miles in at a faster pace than this. But then... So then I go to Sedona, didn't do too much running. I got like two runs in. We did the morning workouts. Yeah. But I only probably ran 10 miles total since I did the 24 mile run. Week and a half goes by, I go out there. First thing in the morning, boom, 22 miles, two hours, 58 minutes. I couldn't believe it, but I knew it. What pace is that? It's like an eight. It's like, a, it's like eight, 803 per mile, something like that. It was, it was something like that. I, I, can, I can dig it up on my, on yeah. my app. Yeah. But, uh, I felt it. I felt it by mile two that um, I was all revved up, and I almost I had so much energy I was like jittery, and and I remember having like an internal conversation going, "You got to slow down. It's a marathon, not a sprint." And I'm going, I go, "No, screw it. This is training. If we can do it, we're gonna. So we gotta go slow because I'm go, I'm going faster than I'm normal than I normally would." And I'm like, "Screw it. All right. If I could just if I can sustain this, I'll go to my regular pace." When I can't, when I can no longer do it, I plan on coming, going out for a few more hours anyway. So that was my mentality. And I just never slowed down. In some cases, I got faster. As, you know, and I'm like, this is crazy. And uh, that was amazing. I, I, I couldn't believe it. There's so many variables that contributed. All I can think of is all the changes that yeah. that uh, you and the Engine Two team implemented in Sedona. Well, I mean, you, you, if you extrapolate that, you know eight-minute pace uh, from 22 miles to a marathon you're I mean we're talking like a 340-ish yeah 345 yeah. that's 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 I mean that's nothing to sneeze at no right? that would be a that would be a PR right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that would yeah like I said last year was my fastest 405 yeah yeah uh, I probably and I think I could have done better I was just relying on my app that was misleading me uh, it told me I was going to finish in 355, but it's my fault because I didn't realize. <laughs> no, I, there's a feature that says like you can turn it off. Like there's a feature that stops when you stop moving. It stops the clock. Yeah. So I lost 10 minutes goofing off, taking pictures, going to like taking bathroom breaks and whatever. I don't know. Yeah, give it a 355 then. <laughs> uh, and your 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 dad is your dad on board? Oh yeah, big time. He. Uh, so that's the other thing, you know. Aside from, aside from me just sort of being inspired, I'm like. I, all right, the science made sense. A ton of doctors seem to be on board with this. I'm going to give it a shot. I do. I conduct my own experiments. Mm -hmm. They call it biohacking now. I do it on myself. I'm very satisfied with the results I got, especially in that short term at the at, in Brooklyn, uh, where my basically cholesterol like was fixed. Now, guy went to put me on statin drugs, and now I don't have to do that. So the results from Brooklyn hooked me. I was like, wow, this is this is real. It's not just a, a documentary. This is like stuff that anybody could do if you just stick with it. Uh, and then when my father found out I was doing it, I guess he he just wanted to join in. And uh, 
he was like 210 pounds, now he's 155. He was on like three or four medications, now he's on one but half the dose. Uh, he used to have allergies, they're gone. Uh, he used to, he was, he's been getting uh, colonoscopies the last 20 years. Yeah. For the first time ever, he was negative. And he used to have to go every five years. Now doctors like come back in 10, so wow. it's, it's no longer a concern. So he's doing good. He's He loves hearing about the stuff I'm doing. Like the, He's proud that I'm in the movie. You know, He's telling everybody, he's trying to like, <laughs> you know, I'm some kind of like plant-based celebrity or something with the regular Joes out there. Yeah. But uh, so, so yeah, he's, he's on board and his results are more dramatic than mine. And I'm like, and that pumps me up, you know, because you didn't just rescue me. Right, he's, right. He's coming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's gonna stick around for a little while longer than probably you would have. Yeah. And I'm happy. That makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. We're bringing him along for the ride. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's a good. Like I said, the business card. He's a good guy. He's still on the soapbox trying to like recruit people to the cause, and yeah. Um, no one really wants to hear that unless they come to you privately. But yeah. Most people just are looking for a, a little bit of like a like a debate, a little combat. Yeah. So listen, I I was in the firefighter culture for 12 years. You've been in it now for how long? Yeah, almost 13. Almost 13 years. Why do you think it is so hard for firefighters to to embrace this? I think I think it's hard for firefighters to embrace a plant-based lifestyle. And this is consistent with what was addressed in the game changers. It's it's that that post uh, World War II mentality of oh you earned this you earned you earned the right to have steak whenever you want and uh, and I guess a lot of guys felt that way and because we're so rooted deeply rooted in tradition guys that weren't that didn't fight World War II still are still eating like this right so every day that plate's got to be half meat 25% starch that they may not eat 25% vegetables that they definitely won't eat and they're all going to be smothered in stuff that'll make it taste like dessert. The real issue to me is they're just so content in their habits. They don't want, it's really hard to break the habit to actually get out of there and try something new for longer than one meal. And that's the challenge is to get them, is to sort of get them to, you know, you're not really turning your back on tradition. You're sort of keeping an open mind to like a, maybe some, a better possibility long to, for long-term health for everybody. I think we talked about today at lunch was just that, and then maybe maybe John brought it up, but then making a plant-based substitution that maybe looks similar to what they're used to, if I'm not mistaken. That Yeah, that did come up. I don't know, you know, <laughs> there's a guy who works in a restaurant, he got his hands on that Impossible Meat about a year or two ago, and uh, yeah, it does, it does look a lot like it, but you're still going to get that, there's still some resistance. Uh, there's still some resistance to it. People try it. Nobody wants to like make a. Uh, nobody wants to make that like the the main event of their of their dish. Guys are very personal when they're cooking. You know, this is like my, this is my thing kind of thing. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's the key to victory. I I, oh. I I think, I think the key to victory is just having the courage to try something new to sort of absorb and digest the science and just stick with it, stick with it for a few months. I, that's what I tell people, Mike. How long do you expect to live for? You think you got another like 40 years? And then they, and they have this nervous look. I go, all right, how about 50 years? You got 50? Like, yeah, yeah, I'll take 50. And they get desperate. And I go, can you take three months off and just try something different? That's a good way of looking at it. And uh, what's three months and 50 years? You ain't going, you ain't going to the military. You could take, anybody could do it. And for me, because I tried to go plant-based uh, before Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I kept failing because 
looking back, for me, it was habits. Um, I was like Pavlov's dogs at every meal, and I just and I felt like I was just ravenous all the time, and I just I, I needed to know where it went, what we were having, when it when it was coming out. And then by you giving us the week's worth of groceries, took all the thinking out, and basically reprogrammed all my habits. And once I was up and running for a week, it was never it was never an issue again, because I knew I could do it. It wasn't that hard at all. It, it, I wouldn't even use that word. It wasn't hard at all. It was easy. It was effortless. And then, like I said, once and like and then you were gone, and and the Whole Foods uh, groceries were gone. But I was I was good to go, you know. And I stayed the course, and and I kind of enjoy it. And it opened up a whole new world because now, like uh, I forgot his name, the, the heavyweight boxer from Game Changers. Uh, Who's like he's like I Brian, think it, Brian Jennings. Brian Jennings, yeah. Spiragus to me just came out five years ago, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. like this year alone, I'm I'm still discovering new new stuff. Hearts of Palm that I've never like I've never touched. Uh, you know, there's the purple cauliflower out there. I had no idea about all this. There's, there's about 20 different kinds of potatoes and stuff that most people probably aren't aware of anything besides the Yukon Gold or the what Idaho. About, what about uh, and people? A lot of people don't know how to pronounce it right, but quinoa. They say quinoa. Oh yeah, quinoa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Quinoa, I did hear about, yeah, but uh, th- yeah. that I was on board with, but uh, but and and it, it broadens your horizons in, in a much bigger way than eating these guys that they still want to have chicken parmesan. It's chicken parm at least every every month. We're gonna have chicken parm between five and ten times a month, at least yeah, at least you know. So so the guys I work with, I'm talking about, uh, and I would say that goes for any firehouse yeah. in New York City. Uh, whereas now, I'm constantly varying my uh, my diet, and that's the fun part. I go to the farmers market. What do they got? And then I look around. I get inspired, and I freestyle something. No, you're you're right. I mean, most the most uh, most American families rotate around six to seven dinners their whole entire lives. So there's not much variety whatsoever. And I found the same thing in the firehouse. Most guys, when it was their turn to cook, because we kind of rotated, it would be the same thing. You know, this one guy, Mark, would always make <clears throat> a big old meatloaf. Uh, you know, Mike would always make uh, big old cheeseburgers with bacon on top. I mean, no, no, no variety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know, ex- <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. We, we had a guy. He, he excelled at making pork products, and at one point, he was, it was almost like if you ever seen that uh, on YouTube, it was called like Epic Meal Time. But he would just get like a pork cutlet, put bacon on it, put like crumble sausage. All like on top of that cheese. It was like it was, it was extremely like it was. It was so rich. It was crazy. It was just. It was nuts. I don't know. But uh, but to him that was like. I think it goes back to it goes back to what what I think the point is is like they think that you're working, you're at work. It's nighttime. Most people are home with their family. This is this is our time. Let's make the most of it, especially on holidays. Yeah. Uh, Christmas comes around. It's in, it's even more decadent than normal, and it's over. The, it's over, it's totally over the top. What are, you, what are you doing for Thanksgiving this year? You got any plans? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm still a single guy, so if I'm if I'm if I'm off, I'm gonna try to work. You know, I try to be in the firehouse before the so the family guys can be home. But uh, and after that, like I haven't figured out my schedule yet. I don't know if I'm working. I think my group is in Thanksgiving night. True company, man. Giving giving the family men the time off. That's great. That's it. Yeah. Nice. As you heard Nick mention, he was a guest at one of our five-day Engine 2 medical immersion programs uh, in Sedona, Arizona, back in the fall of 2019. 
And this is where he learned to tighten the screws on how he was eating, especially when it came to all of the added ubiquitous oils. It was a learning experience for Nick, not just because of the education that he got, but also being in a community with others at the same time can be very powerful. And we can't wait to return to our in-person immersions, but that doesn't mean the education and the training has to stop just because we can't meet in person. That's why I hope that you'll join us online for our next virtual Plant Strong Primer Kitchen Rescue event from October 23rd to the 24th. You can visit plantstrong.com and click on events to learn more. But I want to thank you for, um, for you know, just the passion that you've shown towards this lifestyle and for representing. And uh, one firefighter to another, super proud of you. Come on, Rip. I mean, <laughs> you're thanking me. If I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Yeah. You know, because like I, I've, I've, told, I, I've, I've told other people this. I've tried. I saw a few documentaries. They scared the shit out of me. I go, man, this animal agriculture thing is killing the planet. It's killing ourselves. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm going to put a stop to this. I'm going to start with me. And I just kept failing and I tried for a few months. And then the, uh, the engine two seven day rescue diet challenge that when you came to Brooklyn, yeah. that's what got me up and running. And, uh, it was enough. That one week was enough to break the habit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's why I was able to stay plant strong all this time. And uh, I got to say, every time between that, the premiere, you invited me here. I'm extremely grateful. There's, I don't know how I could repay you, but if there's anything you need, Rip, I'm at your service. From one firefighter to another, thank you, Nick, and know that we are at your service. Our events may be virtual for now, but the communities and the bonds that we create are as strong as ever. Visit plantstrong.com to view details on the Plant Strong Kitchen Primer event and all of our resources, including the meal planner, our books, and our Rescue 10X online coaching program. Next week, we're back with another bonus Transformation Tuesday episode. Until then, peace, Engine 2. Keep it plant strong. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. I want you to know that we read each and every one of your reviews and we appreciate each and every one. If you want to learn more about this season or today's guests and sponsors, please visit plantstrongpodcast.com. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, Wade Clark, and Carrie Barrett. I want to thank my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Kryl Esselstyn for creating a legacy that will be carried on for generations and being willing to go against the current and trudge upstream to the causation. We are all better for it.